Welcome to Cannabis School. I'm your host, Jesse Angelus. And I'm Brandon Elder. And we're here to talk to you about everything pertaining to cannabis, from vape, flower, edibles, strains, and everything in between. Well, hey, uh, welcome back. Another Tuesday, we have another Presents here. Um, we have the infamous, should we say infamous? Yeah, we sure as hell should. Infamous. Who are we talking to today, Brandon? Ronan McConnell. Ronan McConnell. That's yeah. right, lad. That's right. I'm so excited to have you here. Now, he's not from Ireland, but he is from Colorado. Yeah, he's got a killer stash, too. I can see it from here. Yeah, you guys should definitely yeah, I'm from Colorado. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Colorado. Yeah, and he's actually the founder of the International Dankness Unit. International Dankness Unit. How did you guys come up with that name? So I remember, you know, back in my high school days, like dank weed was the best weed, right? You really wanted your weed to be dank because, uh, you know, if it wasn't dank, then it was swag or oh. mids. Yeah, or all the other uh, slang terminology that we used to use back in the day. But so dankness was really like my idea because I wanted people to understand like, you know, what what is in the cannabis that they're smoking? You know, what makes it dank exactly? Because most of the weed now is it's pretty solid. I mean, compared to 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. It's all <laughs> it's all at least smokable now. It's all smokable. Yeah, I remember my first experience and the uh cannabis back then to cannabis back now is a whole different level even getting like um granddaddy purple god what is that like almost 17 years ago or something um totally different than any of the granddaddy purple that that i'm rocking now so right yeah night and day difference so real quick i I want you to be able to kind of clarify this for some of our audience some of our audience is very new to the cannabis community so Let us know. You 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 drop some terms, right? Dank, mids, yeah, swag. swag. Tell us what dank means. All right, so dank would be like uh, your nice moist, high THC. You know, good effect. Um, smells really good. Like if you have it in a bag, you know, a little plastic bag, like people can smell it on you, even though you have the bag in your pocket, right? Like that's dank weed, right? So mids. So mids, mids is going to be your, like your budget weed, you know, it's not, it's not the worst weed in the world, but it's definitely not dank. <laughs> <laughs> and then, well, the last one is, you know, swag. swag. It just, it's just awful. It's like, it's all sticks and seeds. And it's not yeah, even it's like, diet weed. It's just like, you know, it's like, I, I mean, I don't want to say it this way, but it's almost like if you had to go to the, like, uh, what, what is that the, where you can get food, like a food? Like what is that food a bank? grocery store yeah it's a food bank and oh you're gonna get whatever is there exactly i mean you you can survive on it but it's not recommended no yeah and back in the day it used to be bricked up so you get it and it was like compacted as tight as you could ever squeeze the bud that's you know and then you'd break that up and try to roll a joint out of that that's not gonna burn evenly no <laughs> i remember i got one bag of swag back in the day because um i had no idea there was that much of a difference because i was brand new to smoking and the guy was like oh yeah you can get this big old bag of swag for like 50 bucks i'm like holy shit like that's that's a good deal no no it's no. not save your money it's a terrible deal don't do it. Yeah, I, I think I'd advise you to smoke oregano and parsley uh, at that point. At least you're getting something good. Well, maybe, maybe you are. Either yeah. way. So um, on your website, though, I'm curious because when I go to it and it says the members and it says Ronan, you look a little more clean shaven than your photo on the website. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that, that's a photo of my dog, Flo. She's, a, she's, she's my favorite dog. I only have one dog. She's my favorite dog I've ever met. And uh, I don't know. I, I could probably update it with a picture of my beautiful face, but like she's <laughs> Did you say it's Flo? Yeah, F L O Flo. Like the lady from the uh insurance commercials. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. She's got Very that cool. energy for sure. That's super I always funny. wanted to help people. So tell us yeah. about the uh international dankness unit. What like what brought that into fruition? 
So um, a lot of things, actually. So back in the day, you know, we keep saying back in the day, back in the day, back in the day. I, I've had the opportunity to, you know, kind of grow up. I grew up in Boulder, Colorado. Cannabis was kind of like a culture in Boulder, Colorado. A lot of people smoked weed. Um, you know, the stigma wasn't really there. There was the 420 uh, celebration on uh, CU campus where there was like 10,000 people and, you know, it just looks like a, the whole field's on fire. So everybody's smoking weed all at the same time. Oh, that's beautiful. And, uh, it really had like a profound impact on me where I was like, you know, like cannabis is not a dangerous drug. It's actually can be used as a medicine, can be used as a social lubricant. All the things that cannabis is good for, no one ever wants to tell you about. So I got into the cannabis industry um, in 2010. I had the opportunity to be a grower, so I got connected with the plant that way. Um, I have a degree in physics and mathematics. So Whoa. when I had the opportunity to um, build out an extraction lab, you know, I, I jumped on that right away because I was like, you know, I can understand these cut sheets. I can do all this stuff. And I had the opportunity to have, uh, you know, giddy up the inventor of live resin. Uh, if you don't know what live resin is, it's a just a really high quality concentrate product. Mm -hmm. And um, from, from there, I was contracted to build and design and train the employees of uh, multiple grows and extraction facilities throughout the country. Um, during that time, I also worked a year at a testing lab, um, sampling the cannabis from different grows. Oh, that must've been hard. Yeah, right. So hard. <laughs> Get up to that day going, damn it. I got to go to work today. Ugh. <laughs> I yeah. think the worst thing would be smoking the really shitty cannabis. Yes, those ones. that would be rough. Have you had those instances where you're just like, oh, mm -mm. Uh, well, no, not usually because everybody's always trying to show me their like best shit ever. Right. So they, you know, I don't know if I can curse. Sorry. Uh, oh. you know, they're, they're oh, trying to show me you, You're good. You're a good place. Good. No worries. Right, yeah. We'll, we'll keep, we'll, we'll keep it PG-13. And uh, so, you know, they're always trying to show me their best stuff, but with all of that happening, I started to see a lot of like issues develop in the cannabis industry, like um, the biodiversity. There's so many different strains, so many different strains. And really growers were selecting only the ones that have the highest yield because, you know, business decision, you, you sell cannabis by weight, you want more weight. So therefore you grow strains that yield more weight. Like gets rid of a lot of other uh, niche effects and different flavors that you just don't see anymore. Like, uh, you know, Blue Dream, AK-47. Some of those ones, like AK-47 is a really small plant. But it used to be super popular because it flowered in 47 days and it was like a black market grower's dream. But And it was a great smoke. Yeah, it was a great smoke too. But it's just not, uh, it's not grown anymore because the yield compared to other strains now is just... It was like half as much weight, right? And so we lost a lot of strains. A lot of growers became kind of jaded because they're like, oh, I have to grow this bud and I don't even like the way that it smokes. And, you know, they kind of, some people left the industry for that reason. So you had a lot of like OG players who just got out of weed because it, it wasn't fun, right? Cannabis was supposed to be really fun. That's, I think, why a lot of us got into it is because like, we're like, this will be fun, <laughs> <laughs> and um the, then the thc craze kind of happened where people started going to the store and they started noticing like top shelf had higher thc low shelf had low thc and so the consumer was like aha thc is how i shop for cannabis and that kind of got um proliferated for years and years and years to the point now where I hear time and time again from dispensary owners and bud tenders, you know, they hate it when someone comes in and says, all right, just give me whatever is the highest THC. I don't even care. Yeah, that's horrible. Well, and I mean, but is it real? I mean, does it matter? Shouldn't I want the most THC out of every single plant? It, de it depends on what you're trying to do, right? So if you're trying to make like a THC isolate, it's great to start with THC right off your plant. 
um, there is a like a chemical family tree, if you will. So like imagine in your mind, uh, your family tree, you know, it's got the picture of your grandparents and then a little line goes to your parents and then a little line goes to you. So cannabis has a chemical family tree where cannabis is producing one or two compounds, right? It's not producing all 400 of these things that we know can be in cannabis right now. It's only producing one or two. And based on the amount of sunlight, the, um, the way it's grown, oxygen content, temperature, right? All these factors um, contribute to what's called oxidation. So oxidation is a chemical process. I'm not going to go too deep into it, where the chemical changes by adding on an oxygen molecule, okay? So you have this main chemical breaking down into these other chemicals. And so based on the way it's grown, basically, the plant is selecting for specific things. Now, you can breed plants that are more... They are more predicated to select for THC, right? So if if the plant is grown as good as it can be grown, it's going to produce as much of that, just one or two chemicals as it can, and that's going to all turn into THC. Or you have a different grower, grows a little bit different. Instead, some of those that THC is now terpenes, right? So depending on what you're trying to do, THC could be the best thing. But if you're a consumer, right? And you're smoking it for effect. THC alone is not going to give you what you want because mm -hmm. THC is a psychoactive compound and on its own does not produce a very pleasant effect. It actually is paranoia, um, headache, right? I don't know if you guys have ever smoked a THC isolate mm -hmm. by itself, you know, stone sober, when you smoke the isolate, no terpenes, right? Uh, like Guild extracts in California makes a pretty good isolate. It's just, it's not pleasant. It's, it's a not. very odd experience. Yeah. You're like on another, like another plane of existence almost. Not so like that's the part. High, but yeah. Devil's lettuce. Yeah, exactly. But right? it's not like, it, it's such an odd thing because it's more like disassociative more, but not, not like in a good way. It's just right. such an odd state versus anything that you, you know, like you said, growing for a wider range versus just a high concentrate of THC, you're going to get more of that entourage effect and that experience that's going to be hands down a tons better experience than mm. more of like an isolated THC or a exactly. crazy high percentage of THC. So I kind of like to describe it like a car, right? So, um, you know, Ladies, I'm sorry, not maybe not that interested in cars, but we can at least all remember a time when we sat in a really comfy car versus a not a comfy car. So like NASCAR is all race cars, right? They're the fastest cars that you can race, basically, um, besides, you know, Formula One or whatever. But these cars are not comfortable. Okay? Not at all. Air conditioning. The suspension is tuned to grip the road, not to feel good. Um, there's no interior. Right. The seats are hard. They are not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. The seats are hard, but it's fast, man. That's like THC. Plus your head strapped to the seat. Like it's, it's a weird experience. Just like THC. You just strapped in, right? So oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not comfortable. And that's like THC, right? THC is like the gas pedal. How fast are you going to go in this thing? Whereas terpenes are more like the interior of the car, right? Like we step into a, an Escalade or like, a, you know, a limousine, right? The interior is really nice. And, and anytime, and you kind of just forget that you're in a car and you just like arrive at the location. You're like, that was great. Loved riding in that car. Mm -hmm. It's like terpenes, right? So we want to have a nice combination between, you know, gas pedal and interior, right? We want to be, we got to get there eventually. But how we get there is really important. It's true. I finally got rid of my Subaru after a couple of years of having it because the front seats just felt like cardboard and sitting on that was miserable, but Plus it didn't even have the gas pedal behind yeah, it. It didn't have right. any of the THC. So it was missing all of the THC. It was Actually, just like mids. straight up CBD. Straight up this guy was like, hey, I'm selling you swag, but don't worry. The seats are shitty too. <laughs> and I was like, oh shit, sign me up. I'll take two. 
So, <laughs> you know, now I have something with a lot more comfortable seats. So I get it. It's the whole experience. Right. Um, so kind of back to my story a little bit. So, you know, building these greenhouses, working with the CEOs, understanding and seeing in their decision-making process, you know, a lot of the CEOs that own these businesses or especially the ones that own like multi-state businesses, they, they don't even smoke cannabis, which is a mm. shocking realization when you realize that the majority of the industry is being decided by people who don't participate in it. It's which a disappointing why, one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why we're having a lot of these issues. So the international dankness unit was my attempt to solve as many of the problems as I could with one thing. Now, how does the international dankness unit solve these problems? Well, a big problem people have, like I said, with THC is if your flower comes out low, right? You can't really sell it or you have a hard time selling it. But if you get that product rated for effect, now consumers can start to identify, okay, well, you know, THC is low, but the terps are really high and it's going to give me this effect that I am actually seeking. I am seeking, um, you know, maybe creativity, right? I want to smoke this weed and I want to play my piano and I can't do that if I fall asleep. So I'm, I'm looking for a specific effect or, um, Maybe the THC is low and they're like, I'm trying to fall asleep. So there, you can actually find a product that you're looking for and choose it, even if it has low THC, because you are convinced, you know, that you're making an educated decision. So now growers can grow plants that don't necessarily test at 30%. Every time they can grow things that test at 22, but have an effect that's um, filling a niche or filling um you know, an empty spot on the shelf. Yeah. Fulfilling on that far superior quality that you're looking for. I mean, the, the way that you're describing with the car is the way I'm describing it. If somebody's going shopping for food, I mean, if you're getting all of the, you know, what was it? The Western family brands. Yeah. You're saving a little bit of money. Yeah. You're going to get everything you're going to get from the other one, but the taste is going to be off. And I see that where, you know, when the terpene profiles are actually being talked about, and, and that's some of the reasons why we do what we do is to be able to inform those consumers, not just going over there, give me the highest amount of THC. I don't care. Oh, is it on sale? Awesome. Like helping them to be able, because this isn't, I mean, we, 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 we all here on this, uh, on this episode right now, we all treat it as medicine and as a way to be able to, you know, unwind, escape, uh, have more creative focus i totally get that it's it's such a versatile plant so you need to have more i see each strain is like a tool like what am i trying to accomplish today all right i know i can use these and i'm going to get my result yeah and if you can really have it crafted by the experience or you know understand hey i'm looking for this experience um it's a lot easier way to look at different strains and different grows that have been accomplished by growers, you know, really looking at that experience and um, looking through your international dinkness unit, you know, you even go into the fact that the effects aren't for everyone. Everyone's endocannabinoid system is different. And even these, you know, similar effects, yeah, it's, it's pretty niche and you can get it down from a lot of data, but it's still only effective down to like 85% of users get this effect. So right. you know, there, there's always going to be some people who don't have the similar effect. It's like right. 20% of people don't ever even fill edibles. Like they just won't. So. And so for those people, you know, if you are that person, that's different. I would kind of say like the, the international dankness unit is going to be your first way of, I mean, unless you're already researching terpenes and you're really getting into the connoisseur ism. Yeah, there you go. I don't know, you want to say, you're becoming a cannabis connoisseur. Connoisseur, a connoisseur. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, this is really going to be your first way to identify. Like these are compounds I don't like. Stuff that stuff that shows up here in the IDU scale, like I can avoid that. You know, I I know I don't like that, or I know that I do like that. Right? Let's say you get lucky and you find that that you know that idu value that's really works for you now now you are now even though you're different you can actually like operate in the world again 
You don't have to be like, okay, well, he said indica, so now I'm just going to reverse that information for me. You know, no, you can just yeah. you can just shop mm -hmm. shop for the value and know that you're going to get the same consistent effect. Right. You know, and and you said something that Brandon and I had actually brought up here recently. Um, you know, we've we've been we're so grateful for what we've been able to build for our community and help these individuals throughout. But one thing that we stumbled upon and it is really difficult was when we were talking to companies that are possibly potentially becoming sponsors of our show, you said something that the cannabis community doesn't really know a lot about, but even some of the growers don't consume cannabis themselves. Mm -hmm. That's like trusting a completely anemic, super skinny chef at a French restaurant. I'm not that. eating his food. That guy doesn't eat. He doesn't yeah. eat his own food. So it's, it's weird because we were talking about it. it's like dude is that guy cool like yeah, yeah he's cool no no no. like is he cool because i've never seen him here like the cannabis community is very accepting but also very cautious so is that something to be concerned about with the growers that are not even consuming their own product so i would say uh for growers specifically like no on the grower level, you know, they're, they're uh, 17 to $25 employees, right? And a lot of them are growing plants because they just like to do it, right? I, um, in Missouri, I think like half of the staff we hired actually smoked cannabis and the other half didn't. And um, some of the staff that didn't smoke did a better job. You know, they, grew, they, they took care of their stuff better, but, you know, that's not 100% to say that's bad. But, you know, for, I'll give you an example of what is bad. So my first um, facility I ever built out, the owner, um, you know, not to get like political or anything, but he, he voted against cannabis every possible time that he could, right? Uh, Anti-drug, anti pro-drug war, uh, pro-police, right? Yes, yes. Casino owner, okay? So this is in Las Vegas, right? Makes it makes sense, right? Okay. Yeah, totally, totally get that. It's like hacking his law, own arm off. The law, the law passes in Nevada. Cannabis is going medical. He's like, you know what? That's going to be really profitable business. Let's start it up. So that was the first person I ever worked for was a person who literally like promoted the drug war. And then as soon as he had the opportunity to make money from, he's like, sure, yeah, why not? Still doesn't smoke weed to this day. Yeah, we, we've met people who recently <laughs> are in the cannabis space and they don't actually use cannabis and it's kind of that same thing. And you, you get this weird vibe of like, I don't know if I fully trust you. <laughs> well, it's not even just the trust part. It's, it's, it's a lot to what, I mean, they say, because if you don't understand something completely and yet you're going to sell it, then there's going to be a quality assurance. That's not going to be met. You're not going to, I mean, you know, there's, I guarantee there's not somebody who walks around Wendy's who gets paid and randomly sampling a burger off of whatever they cook it on. And they're going, yep, this keeps to Dave's standard. If he was alive today, he'd be like, this is a damn good No, burger. but I bet they've at least eaten there. Yeah. They, so that's but the difference. It, but the thing is, it's, it's the quality, it, it's the QA I'm thinking about. Once the, the plant, I mean, great, you know, what, what you said totally makes sense. Like the growers, not necessarily like they're there to take care of the plant, grow the plant, get it to there. But the owner of said, you know, just grow facility, they, they I, I would believe that they would need to be pretty in tune with the cannabis culture, as well as understanding the plant, each one. I don't know. I mean, help me out here. Am I going down the right path or is that, is that really important either? Absolutely. Well, I mean, if you, if you think about it, right, like if you're a business owner and you don't smoke cannabis, you can't, you can't do a blind test taste and say, okay, well that, that actually was super dank. Like we should probably still keep growing that because it's so dank. You just, yeah. you, the only metrics you can look at are, well, when we sell the stuff that's high in THC, it sells more. So growers grow more high THC stuff, right? And then uh, I'll give you another example of uh, the disposable vape cartridges. Oh, okay. So that's a sore spot for us. Here's how these even exist in the first place, right? I figured, oh, so I, I, I think I figured it out. You tell me if I'm 
off base here. All right. <laughs> if you don't smoke cannabis, right, and you are like thinking, okay, what if I did smoke cannabis? How would I do that? Am I going to go and buy a pipe and buy a lighter and then buy some weed and try to put it all together and then smoke it and then keep that pipe around? No, I'm probably just going to have something I can smoke and throw away. Right. And also, if you are, maybe you're going to try it one time, right? Like, or a couple of times or maybe once a month, right? You don't want to have to remember where your charger is for your battery or all this other stuff. You just want it all in one where you can just pick it up, you know it's going to work, and then you're, you're done, right? And so because of that mentality, that product exists. They thought to themselves, if, if I smoked weed, this would be how I would do it. So this product obviously needs to exist because people are like me. And I'm like, no, people are not like that. I don't know. I think I could see that. But at the same time, I can see like the ingenuity of, because how long has concentrates and dabs been around? Um, maybe since like, 2014. No, no, no. Old school dabs like hash and pre- like there's old ways to old, ways. Oh, old concentrates. Yeah, it was like yeah. the first, the first a way they long, would concentrate yeah. it so that it would last longer, so that they could mm-hmm. take it across the Silk Road and use it as a currency. So I could see it being um, ingenuity yeah, in someone currency. who actually uses it. Going, how can I bring this with me everywhere I go mm-hmm. that I can use it without it smelling like a concentrate or a hash or something is great because that's not going to smell like flour. It's nowhere near the same. Um, And you could truly carry that around. And if I can carry this little cart out and about, that's going to be so convenient. But for me to carry like a joint, like I can't smoke that around. I can't go out and smoke a joint like 90% of the places, but I could step outside and puff on a pen and But at the same time, like you said, maybe that comes from someone who has no basis or that going, hey, how would I use this? Or if I were to use this, what would I be comfortable with? Because like you said, I don't want to do that. So, um, yeah. And I think it comes a lot down to like use, right? So for myself, I smoke every day, um, a couple of times a day, right? I'm going through. Savage. I know, right? Like, <laughs> I would never do that. Would never do that. What time um, is it? That's why people ask me. They go, "You don't smoke it all the time." Well, what time is it? It's eleven uh, fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. I right about then. Right about then. <laughs> it's a so, hair past smoke thirty. So, but if you're if you're consuming, you know, let's say a uh, hundred dollars of cannabis a week, right? You're you have different preferences for how you're going to be consuming that, right? Like. I don't know anybody who smokes three ounces a month through a pipe, right? That Not person's strictly probably, a pipe, no. Yeah, that person's probably rolling some joints, mm. uh, using other, like maybe a... Has bong. bongs, bubblers, maybe even a vaporizer. Exactly. Maybe There's a lot of different ways that person's using it. But if you're oh, only yeah. smoking one hit a week, right? Like maybe the disposable cartridge makes sense for you because you're just... You know, the, the ones that have the battery attached. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. the all-in-ones. Yeah, it makes sense for you because you're like, well, I'm not going to remember where I put my where I put my battery charger for my pen if I only have to charge it once every six months. Right. I still think the best way to do it is flour. If you're going to choose yeah. to start with cannabis anyway, you know, yeah, maybe you don't want to get a lighter or maybe you don't want a pipe, but... I met a guy the other day and he's been smoking for years, but all he uses is a tiny little one hitter. Yes, yeah, so that's a lot. If you if you're first starting cannabis, I mean, I think a baddie or a one hitter, right? Or a chillum, right? Those are all different words for the same thing. That should be how you start. Something where you can take just a small one hit and it doesn't keep burning, right? Because like I think it becomes easy to abuse cannabis once your tolerance starts to get too high, right? Like if you smoke weed every day, you, you know what I'm talking about. There's a tolerance. You got to smoke a little bit more or you've got to. What? You know, <laughs> for there. Yeah. So it's, uh, it becomes something you have to manage, 
right? But if you if you have a chillum and you're just taking one hit, like as you're starting out, like you're gonna have a way way better experience with how much weed you're smoking. Yeah. The effect that you're getting from it when you do smoke it, right? There's a lot of benefits to smoking less cannabis, less frequently. But I oh yeah, being I would said, agree. I still smoke cannabis every day. Well, but if you think about like the flower, I mean, it's solely for those people who are just, you know, shopping at like Whole Foods or, you know, any, any of those places. Because honestly, when you when you have the plant, like we just recently had a friend over because he's never ever he's done edibles and carts and that's it. Like, you know, that's stretching the limit for him. And we're like, you know, flowers better. We brought him yeah, over check here. It out. Yep. He had like a couple hits off of a, a little bong. And it was hilarious because he's like, I'm I'm good. I'm good. When that guy could probably puff on cards, I would consider, you know, disposable cards like the potato chips of the of the cannabis world. Because for Brandon and I, I mean, you get us a cart and we're grateful to have it in certain periods of time. Like maybe we're playing video games together or whatever, but we we don't want to stop and go outside. Maybe we maybe we don't smoke in our house. Maybe we have to go smoke outside. Regardless, um, it's so easy to abuse these compared mm-hmm. to flour like you smoke a good amount of flour you're good for hours and then if you're just like hey i'll just have a little bit but if you have a pen you're just like every 30 minutes yeah because a pen reaches this we talk about it all the time there's like this plateau level that we feel like with yeah ceiling you reach with any type of pen and an extract and so you reach that level and you're like okay i can puff but i literally will maintain this level like i won't go above it because this extract just won't do it. If you do that with flour, no, you're going to be at at the moon. You're going to yeah, be high as shit. You'll be gone. If you just keep smoking flour and keep smoking flour. Absolutely. You know, that, that reminds me of that one episode with Joe Rogan where he has like the the spray. You see like a THC spray. What? And he's over there. He goes, yeah, I don't know. It's like, it's like 2,000 milligrams in here. And he goes. <laughs> and he's just like. Was that? I'm going to be really high Joe here. Rogan like, yeah, Joe, he it, was, it was Joe Rogan and it was like an old one, but oh, I always man. thought of those. I'm just like, you know, people, it's really cool. Like what Brandon was talking about, the, the creativeness, the, you know, the ingenuity that people are trying to be able to help cannabis become more mainstream, but they're just producing a lot of high quality potato chips. That's the way I feel. It's, it's good enough, but it's still nowhere close to the flower. Well, unfortunately, I, I have to disagree with the cool. ingenuity part. I respectfully disagree because the engine, the ingenuity of carts was created by the tobacco industry, right? So this technology, which we are now filling with cannabis oil, was initially filled with oh, yep. And so we, we as the cannabis industry saw like, okay, well, we're... I, I actually have seen very, very little technology in the cannabis industry that is like exclusive to us, where we're the only mm. ones that do it. You know, um, even extraction, right? Extraction was oh, taken from the plant perfume. stuff for the longest time. Exactly. Yeah. Right? So, you know, people have known about hydrocarbons for a really long time. Basically, in my opinion, it just took a couple of smart chemistry guys who got really into smoking weed to say, well, I bet you we could probably do this with this right you know like yeah there's a couple of nerds smoking weed and now we've got extraction for cannabis right that's how i'm thankful for all the nerds smoking weed i feel like we've had so much development from that like steve jobs we've got like the ipad and shit it's great right so there's uh so we kind of got a little off topic but there's a lot of different effects the effects change on how much weed you smoke and really what the IDU is tuned for is that person that's smoking at the end of the day, pretty much until they fall asleep, right? That, that level of tolerance, that level of consumption, um, or less, right? If you, if you smoke less, everything's going to get you like pretty ripped, right? Mm-hmm. You're just going to be <laughs> yep. across the board pretty ripped, and then the indicas are just going to put you to sleep, right? That's how you'll know. That's how you know you smoke an indica because you wake up. And your friends laugh. Yep. And you got and marker all over your face, and, and you're like, "What?" You got a yeah. face <laughs> on your face. You're like, oh, so, um, so it's tuned for those people. It's tuned for them to be able to identify effects like um, 
you know, pain relief, creativity, um, energy, or if you want, you know, want something in the middle, more of a hybrid effect, right? Like you're trying to relax after work, but you still have to send emails or something. I don't know yeah. what, what, what you do for work, but um, cannabis, every type of cannabis has its place in, in your day, depending on who you are, what your needs are, and being able to identify that as accurately as possible, as many times as possible in a row is just going to propel the cannabis industry forward to a place where it really needs to be. In my opinion, we can do a lot better than just selling weed off a scale in a store. And I mean, while I do love it, you know, they pull out those little chopsticks <laughs> and then they chopstick oh, your, your weed into the, into the jar. Um, like that's how we were doing it when I was in high school. Right. There's um, there's pre-sealed stuff and, and some of the best stuff I've seen is like the nitrogen sealed um, containers. I don't know if you've had a chance to check those. Mm -hmm. out. No, but the shelf life on those is super, super long because what they do is they package it all into a container. And then instead of air in there, they shoot it full of nitrogen. And so that's like the same thing they do in like a, you buy a big package of baby spinach leaves, you know, yeah. That, that's all nitrogen in there because oxygen oxidates, like we were talking about earlier, and you know, uh, turns the apple brown, right? Uh, turns the the lettuce yeah. brown, right? So this nitrogen is pretty cool. So if you ever get a chance to like smoke some nitrogen-filled container cannabis, you'll notice it. it it's a little. It tastes fresher. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to find that. What's the password we're owning? What's the password? We can't let you in unless you have the password. That's what's dang. It's dang. dang. Okay. Well, Sticky icky. I don't know how he knew, but crack the code. <laughs> oh, I guess that could be the password. Sweet. <laughs> yeah, there you go, right? Sweet dang. There you go. Sweet right? dang. Yeah, I, uh, so to kind of go into that one, you would said something, and I love that you disagreed with that one, but is there going to be a way that they could develop something that's even better than what we currently have for carts so i've i've thought of a few things like really i've identified i i pretty much only smoke carts so this is like my, my thing right? i i've identified a few issues with the cartridge that i think can be a, like tackled on the front right so these cartridges have like different sized holes at the bottom mm-hmm and some of them only have like three holes. Every single one of those just needs to have a nice open flat ring. It just the whole thing is open, the whole, open to the cannabis oil, so it can all flow down. You don't have to like hold your cartridge at an angle so it goes to the hole or, or you know? heat it up to get the rest of it. Have you ever seen the carts that at the very bottom is where they have the the um the vents? Like instead of where these ones have them, like going into the side they actually come in from the bottom mm -hmm. and so all the oil goes out the very bottom so yes. it's so that's those, a great adaptation but they're not not very many of them use them like i honestly don't even remember the last company that i've seen who had a cart like that so most cartridges are called what's called an a an a3 cartridge which is just the just standard the, yeah it's a3 a4 and what, and what this is, is basically a like standard model that they produce in China. And so a lot of these businesses are all using pretty much the same cartridge. Maybe the mouthpiece is different, but mm -hmm. the actual cartridge itself is the A3, three hole to four hole on the bottom, varying. <laughs> and these, these things with, with a printed, uh, you know, some places have to have that uh, little thc warning mm -hmm. printed directly onto it so it can't be a sticker to have that printed on an a3 cartridge is like a dollar 40 a cartridge mm. so mm. you know it's it's not cheap but it's not expensive and then if you look at these nicer cartridges they're right around five dollars a cartridge so if you're a business and inflation's happening and you have to pay your employees more and the price of weed just doesn't seem to go up. You know, you've got to make a decision. Do we sell a $5 card or a, or a $1 card, you know? 
So a lot of these issues are all business decisions, right? The, the things we, yeah. we suffer with. Um, viscosity. Do you guys know what viscosity is? Oh, yeah, the thickness. Oh, yeah. yeah, the thickness of the oil, how, how runny it is. It's kind of an inverse. So higher viscosity means like doesn't move very much. And low viscosity means moves a lot. And um, basically the, the way that people are making pens now, they are just, they, they are not creating the correct viscosity for when it gets to the shelf. So in, in, their, in their place, right, these terpenes evaporate after. And as it sits in the oil, you know, the terpenes are not evenly distributed throughout the THC. They're, there's little pockets of these things and it's all kind of moving around inside your cartridge at the same time, you know, especially if it falls on its side, you literally see it move around. And it might be right in the lab, but it's not right three months later on the shelf, right? So when you go to smoke, it's super viscous. You take two hits and it doesn't fill your, your, uh, the bottom of your cartridge. You know, you get that kind of burnt taste. And then that burnt taste stays there for the rest of the cartridge. It's very sad, especially when you buy rosin cartridges for like Whoa. six bucks a cart. Yeah. The first hit, oh, it's heaven. Second hit, not as good. And then if you pass it to your friend and they hit it, you're going to ruin your cartridge because it's going to be hot. Yeah, it's, it's going to be hot. Up. The oil is so viscous that it literally can't fill the wick in time and then you burn your wick inside of there. So the viscosity of the oil is really important. And I thought, like, maybe if you had, like, a little spinning wheel, you know, like an angled wheel, so it kind of is always forcing the oil to the bottom when you hit it, kind of, like, spins around, that'd be cool. But how much would that cartridge cost? Yeah. And how this, like, how thin would your oil actually have to be to be able to be spun with something that is just, you know, whether it's battery-powered or even just air-powered from the suction, like, how thin would that oil have to be to really move that right and then and then again if you quality of diluting it yeah you add more terpenes yeah you're adding flavor but then you go ahead and you look at that label and it says a lower thc making it harder to sell so it's like all all of these things we we have to get to a, a new dichotomy as the cannabis industry where like a we can trust the things that are being told to us by the bud tender like that'd be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, if, if they know, I mean, yeah, you know, there are, know. there are those. We salute them, right? But there's other ones going. So these are on sale. These taste good. This got me pretty fucked up. You're like, okay. Sweet. Cool. I guess I'll Thanks. take a gram of the fucked up. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? Uh, it's it's and which one made your nipples hard? I'll uh, take yeah, two of that. Yeah, I'll take two of that <laughs> one. <laughs> Which one made you shit your pants? All right, let's stay away from that one. All right, I'll get that yeah, from my buddy. So. <laughs> Bro, this is awesome. But yeah, ex exactly. Like when you're talking about, I mean, it, it is education across the board. It's education. And then, I mean, dare I say, having actual pride in the product that you not only produce, you grow, you extract, you produce, but that you sell. Yeah. And in that way, it helps out with the consumer because I get that. You know, there there are people who go to a liquor store saying, give me Canadian host. Make sure it's a gallon. As long as it's under $8, I'll take it. <laughs> like, cool. Be best to you. But at the same time, I would, I would consider most cannabis consumers these days are actually looking for that full experience that they keep hearing about as mm -hmm. opposed to I got to go to sleep or I was incredibly anxious exactly and 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 we gotta like education is really important but you can't teach them anything unless you make them think first right and the the idu is designed to make people think there is more to cannabis like this rating system exists and it's based on test results so what you know oh there's test results in the first place oh shit where do you guys test or what what data does that come from, the IDU? So every um, batch of cannabis has to be tested by the state in order for it to be sold. Mm -hmm. Right now, cannabis is just tested for what's called the top eight cannabinoids, which is like THC, CBD, 
CBG. There's a lot of different CBs. CBN. Yeah, there's there's a bunch. Yeah. Um, and so there's there's primarily eight of those. There's more, but we are only testing for the top eight of those right now. And then for like pesticides, and then in some states, microbials. Right. Not every state has a microbial testing requirement, which is nuts. I was at some um, farmer's market last week here, and there's a hemp company, CBD company here that was selling products and um, just went up to them, started talking to them. Of course, I don't say anything about anything about what I know and just start asking about like where the crow comes from, like kind of stuff like that. Um, And I was like, oh, cool. You have a COA on it. So I pull out my phone. I take the QR. I open the website. It's not a COA. It literally just shows the cannabinoid testing of like, hey, this has this much of CBD, this much of THC, and this much of this. And I'm like, and the guy's like, oh, cool. Give me your info. You can get in this raffle. And I'm like, I don't want your stuff. I'm not going to take that crap. Like, no. Here's the top cannabinoids that we have in it. And then here's the canola oil that we put in there. Like, they didn't have any of their, like, heavy metals, pesticide testing, like, any of that. And I'm like, no. Hard pass. So with with those, you can pretty much assume, like, they're all passing, right? The pesticides and the heavy metals and all that stuff. But, like, the, the terpenes are not a required test in any state right now. So it turns out that the terpenes are one of the determining factors in what the effect is going to be when you smoke mm-hmm. it. So oh, it was we, just oil. It's not even, it was just CBD oil that it was oh, in. Okay. Yeah. So that was Oh, just, I see. At the farmer's yeah. market. Right. Yeah. Of course. Of course. Yeah. So no, if, if they're selling weed at a farmer's market. That, then yeah, you probably, probably yeah. are right not to, not to trust it. But um. Like if you're buying it from a dispensary, that's why I was confused. Yeah, yeah. No, a dispensary, they should already have like state level approved testing, all of this other right. stuff that it's gone out to. If it's on the shelves at a dispensary, it should be. But that's interesting. If you think about it, I mean, why wouldn't you be testing for the terpenes? Because the desired effect is to have a mind altering experience. Like you said. Yeah. It's the people who are pushing the high THC going, Hey, this is the value. $350 for your compliance testing, or you can pay surprisingly $420 for your compliance testing and get the terpene (laughs) test included. Right. A lot of always do 420, always do 420, but a lot of people are saying, you know, let's, let's pay 350. It's not required by the state. We can sell it just the same. Nobody else is marketing using terpenes or effects. And we don't have to, right? That's that's the main the main thing that I hear from people who don't think they need the IDU is I'm already good. For those that are listening or watching, um, if you are a part of that three that that uh, three amigos, right? From grow dispensary, four of them, right? When we've got laboratories as well and distribution, uh, you guys really need to be able to get in touch with the dank community here one of the most important questions that we always ask is what is your favorite strain oh good question so i think my favorite strain is going to be jack Herrera. I hear mm, that. sativa guy all yeah, right I'm a, I'm a sativa guy i like uh i don't know i like to i like to smoke jack Herrera mostly because of its like orangey flavor you know i'm a i'm a mm-hmm. big fan of oranges and tangerines and so Mm. have you tried agent orange or uh orange florida yet uh i have not tried those yet Mm. all right yeah those are really good um so what's the reason why behind it though What, what what's the effect that you're going for uh so you know the idu is pretty creative uh jack herrera on the on the rating scale came on our rating scale came out at uh, 35 which is going to be like a creativity um, uplifting effect and i'm i'm always looking to just like try to solve problems stone like that's kind of like how i did my entire time in college was just like smoke some weed and then go study physics like it was it was awesome it's the yeah. best way to hyper focus <laughs> and get shit done totally yeah, exactly but not to uh not too like indica where I don't have the energy 
to you know work but not so so high up where i'm just like you know too much energy i gotta stand I'm all up. the way up <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah. yeah so that's funny nice so much for having me on your show you guys this was a blast talking with both well yeah absolutely and thanks for reaching out to us you know we we found it so interesting what you're doing we we had to bring you on this was super cool because we're always concerned about the consumer making sure that they're getting the highest quality cannabis product because to be honest experience yeah it's the best experience which means they're going to keep coming back there and we're able to help break down these barriers of it's a it's an evil plant it is the best plant and it should be used for i would say majority of things that we live with in our lives yeah like every day i agree four times a day and if you guys want to learn more, uh, if your listeners want to learn more about the International Dankness Unit, you can go to www.internationaldankensunit.com and uh, just kind of play around on there. And if you are, in fact, someone who wants to sell the IDU for us, we have a freelancer program where you can sign up with us and um, make a little bit of mailbox money every month. Nice. And uh, if they want, if there's... um businesses companies who are interested in the idu how do they get in contact with you same uh, place say what this is the same place yeah same place my phone number and email are both in there and okay. uh, and we'll throw them in the show notes yeah so, please do so everybody will have them and the links and everything like that that's yeah, this is awesome. be down below brother thank you so much for being on the show today thank you so much for having me really yeah. appreciate you guys and um have a great rest of your week. Yeah, yeah, man. Thanks for everyone at home for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. Take care.